This episode of Creative Control is brought to you by Verizon, the network America relies on. I was too focused on blogs posting me and trying to get attention, you know, and trying to be discovered. Because I, I didn't like that energy that I carried with that project, I think that was the turning point when I decided, I was like, yo, I'm, I'm taking my whole career and I'm taking this ship in a completely different direction. I'm your host, Casey Finey, and this is Creative Conversation, a Fast Company podcast. If you're struggling with creative burnout the way I've been struggling with creative burnout, then I think we all might have something to learn from Coda the Friend. Coda the Friend is a Brooklyn-based rapper who's really charted his own course in hip-hop, and not only for his unique, mellow, jazzy sound, but also in the fact that he's remained independent for his whole career. And that's not to say record labels haven't been knocking at his door. In fact, he actually turned down three offers to maintain his creative freedom. And even without the machine of a label behind him, Coda has managed to release three EPs, three mixtapes, three studio albums, and one joint studio album, all in the span of just five years. And that's not counting all the visuals he creates for his projects as well. So how does he get it all done and maintain his sanity? Well, apparently it's unitasking and a little spiritual guidance from the Pixar movie Soul. I'll let him explain. Nice. Well, Coda the friend, thank you so much, man, for joining me. I really appreciate it. Thank you for having me. Yeah, so what would you say set you on the path to where you are now? I mean, we know you as this, you know, amazing, independent Brooklyn rapper, artist. And so, like, what what was sort of the beginning of that? What was the spark that set all of this in motion for you? Just deciding that I wanted to make music, like, as my career. I was, that was just a big moment because that's when we, I think, we started trying to figure it out how we were going to do it, you know? I think along the way, it just became clear it just became more and more clear of the things we needed to do and the path we needed to take, you know? And so how did you figure that out? Because I know that, you know, when you were younger, you you started playing the trumpet, I believe. And so it was like, how do you go from, because I think, I mean, I played the trumpet in sixth grade and I didn't wind up like you. So I guess like, what, what would you say? Is it like the root of this, like, what about music stuck with you? Because not everyone, we all take lessons. We all are exposed to music. We all, you know, love our different genres and whatnot. But like, what about, music stuck with you like what what took root with you in a meaningful way with music i wasn't really good at a lot of stuff you know what i mean growing up i wasn't necessarily good at sports you know i wasn't the best student it's really like i I didn't win anything you know what i mean (laughs) and music was something that just came natural you know from like day one it's like when i started playing the trumpet i remember on like the third day of classes and when we went I was in elementary school the teacher like had my mother up at the school you know what I mean like yo he's like especially gifted you know at this instrument you know so I think from even from then it was just something that came easy to me you know and when I started writing raps that was just another thing that came easy to me you know where it's like yeah it was easy for me to mimic Jay-Z's like cadences and you know, and try to write like him and create at pretty much at like 10 years old, I was writing bars and trying like expressing myself in a witty way, you know, that, you know, not 
everybody around me was able to do, you know? At 10. Do you remember, what were your 10-year-old bars like? <laughs> uh, it's so funny because I actually do remember them. Oh, it's, it's not crazy, but I remember I remember um, in in Jay-Z's In My Lifetime, I was writing to the In My Lifetime beat. In his verse, he starts it off with, it's the thought of the ride that made my eyes wide. And I would just like mix it up. You know, I would take his words and just kind of like fill in my own like words. And I would just be like, yo, it's the thought of the, it's the thought of the green that made my eyes gleam, you know? And so, so he, that's how, that's how we started. And that's how we learned how to just like, how to, how to write like him and how to, um, how to express ourselves through words, you know? Right. And so I, w I would love to, if you can take me back to that point of, as you mentioned earlier, you know, this all started when you decided to really like drill down and, and focus on music. Like take me back to that, because I know that it sounds like this was always sort of your destiny in a way, but like when you really decided to like make it your career, like how did you, what did you do to make that happen for you? Because I know like, you, you know, in on your path to becoming a musician, you also were, you know, you, you shot video, you have a background in, like film and videography. And so like, how did all of that sort of manifest into what you're doing now? I think like when I was younger and I was doing the video and I was doing, I was making music a long time ago, but it was really, I think at that time, it was really just, I was having fun with it, you know? Mm. It was a way to express myself and I was having fun. I wasn't really thinking of things past past that you know and I, I ended up going to school and you know and we would we were trying to make it somewhere but we really had no direction you know you're part of a group right yeah I was a part of a group it was called nappy hair and yeah we made like you know real chill kind of soulful jazz music and we were trying to do stuff we were like doing shows and nothing was popping because we knew nobody we had no connections we had no money it's like so we were appreciating it for what it was and struggling to try to make something happen, you know, pretty much taking any opportunity that came our way. But we had no idea how to navigate the music industry. So once I realized that we didn't really know what we were doing, I was like, yo, I got to make money. So I started uh, learning how to do videos and I figured that could be my end into the industry. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I feel like, I could learn how to, you know, I could become useful. I can shoot videos. I can, I can work with artists that I really like appreciate and kind of like offer pro bono work, you know, to put myself in those spaces where I can make connections to um, further my own music career. And then I started working with my cousin, Derek, who has been my publicist for a few years now and damn near my manager at times. <laughs> and, um, he kind of he kind of put me on to he definitely put me on to how things work in the industry, you know, right. and how you get in contact with people and talk to people and make connections and, you know, how you get your music to people who can, you know, kind of amplify your voice, you know. And ever since then, I think that was when like that moment where we came together, where it became like a bigger thing, you know. Right. Yeah. And so in that, I mean, how did you how did you find your sound? Because, you know, you mentioned that obviously Jay-Z was such a huge inspiration for you. And, you know, it was, it was a lot of, uh, you know, kind of like taking what he did and, and kind of putting your own spin on it. But I think when people listen to your music now, when I listen to your music now, you definitely have managed to carve a very specific lane for yourself because you do because you mentioned in your group you're doing a lot of things that were very uh, like jazz inspired. And that still kind of comes through in some way. I mean, like it's not. 
I don't even know how to classify your music right now because it, it, it's it's there's definitely hip hop, but it's got it's got this nice touch to it that I can't really put my finger mm-hmm. on. And so, like, how has it been for you finding your sound, knowing that you know you have this background in playing trumpet, you know, playing different instruments? Like, how have you sort of fine tuned all that into into the sound that we that we know you for today? I I don't think I really gave it that much thought, you know, I think that's uh, a secret (laughs) not to overthink it. No, I'm serious. (laughs) I think that my music has kind of like, it turned into what it is because like, I I try to be myself, you know? Mm -hmm. And when I think about what it is to really be myself, it's like, I am a culmination of, you know, Jay-Z, Nas, Biggie, but at the same time, like the Beatles and (laughs) the Doors and like, the Commodores and you know it's, it's just like Marvin Gaye and everything you know it's like we it's like we grew up listening to one thing with my mom like when it's when it's Sunday and everybody's having Sunday you know breakfast it's like with, with the vibe is one way you know but yeah. then when I'm sitting with my cousins and we're watching 106 in part the vibe <laughs> is another way you know and you know and it and then when I'm in band class we're playing completely a completely different kind of vibe you know and so like when it came to making my own music I didn't try to be anything except for what I was you know except for what I had heard and what I had been around and so I feel like it comes across in like the way I do certain melodies and the way I say certain bars and my flows and everything and then now there's a new wave of rappers who are rapping in a different way and I even get inspired by them, you know, mm. and it becomes this gumbo <laughs> of music right. that I can't, I really can't explain because it's just like, I just, I take from it like subconsciously, you know, right. to create something that I feel like is fresh. Yeah. And that, I mean, did that, did you ever worry that that might not find an audience? Because I think, you know, it, they're, they're, you can't, I think some people may enter the music business knowing what, knowing what's hot, knowing what will get, you know, radio play, knowing what what will pick up traction. But it sounds like you were just going with how you felt. And so was there ever any worry? Because I mean, you were in a group and you said you, you know, you weren't, it wasn't really, it wasn't really popping the way you wanted it to pop. So I guess like, were you ever concerned that like, maybe I should go with like what I know an audience will want to hear as opposed to just like, you know, my, my stream of consciousness, like, (laughs) like flow when it comes to sound, like, were you ever worried about that, about not finding an audience? I don't think I was ever worried about that because I I think early on, I realized I became in tune with my fan base from early. Like once I had, you know, 500 followers, I became in tune with what those 500 people wanted, you know, Mm. what those, what, what we had a connection, you know what I mean? And because I was making that type of music, I was connecting with these 500 people, you know, even though that's not like a whole bunch, but that's what a cult following is, you know, it's just like you, it starts off small and it gets bigger because people hear you and they see your vision. It's like, I think what I learned and that at that point was that there's a whole bunch of people out here that feel the way I do, you know, mm-hmm. that feel like they want this sound, like they want this type of music, like they need to hear positive messages and mess. these are messages that, I not only am I'm trying to hear, but other people are trying to hear as well. So I just decided to keep going. And instead of trying to please everybody, I just look at the people that want to be around me, that want to listen to me. And we still to this day have that connection where, and I focus more on my lyrics than anything else. So whatever the sound is, the sound is going to be that. But 
for me, my the what I'm saying in the lyrical content is always like the most important thing. Right. And I'm glad you brought that up because I wanted to ask, how do you find your way into a project? Right? Like how do you figure out what you want to say? I wanted anything to just be like for a free expression, you know? Like months before I made anything and I released it, I I put out Paloma Beach, you know? I put out Paloma Beach and I felt like when I made that project, I felt like not necessarily in the music, but I was too focused on like what people were going to say about me. And I was too focused on blogs posting me and trying to get attention, you know, and trying to be discovered because I, I didn't like that energy that I carry with that project. I think that was the turning point when I decided I was like, yo, I'm taking this whole, I'm taking my whole career and I'm taking this ship in a completely different direction. And this direction that I'm going, like, we don't care about what nobody says, you know? We don't mm -hmm. care about what anybody has to say about us. We don't, we don't care if people are talking about us and not talking about us. We're going straight for the fans. We're going straight for the people. And that's it. And that's the energy that I gave to that project. And ever since then, my whole career has been, like, different. And when it comes to your projects, I know one thing that, you know, when you look at your body of work, the, the projects that really I find very interesting are, are your lyrics to go like these sort of like mm -hmm. i don't i mean i don't know what you would call them like almost like sketches or something these songs that are like barely two minutes if that <laughs> and you know the accompanying yeah. videos and so how would you define lyrics to go like what like and where did that even where did that idea come from lyrics to go was almost like a cheap way to create content you know <laughs> like for real like that was the idea that was really the whole idea behind it i didn't expect to be doing it for almost like three four years or whatever <laughs> but uh the first one i did i just did it because i was like yo i need content like you know and then when i put it up when i saw the like the response that i got on social media from the very first one i was like whoa you know like whoa like i had never gotten that kind of like traction from any video I'd, I'd put out music videos with like drones and you know people holding a camera and just like trying really hard to create a music video like a lot of people do you know but for some reason this video of me standing still in the and staring at the camera was getting so much attention and i think people didn't see that before it's something so simplistic of you just like staring straight at the camera you know right spitting that's it and so it's like yeah it's, i'm not surprised it caught it caught fire the way that it did and so i ran with that bro like i that was the whole idea and they would only be a minute and a half max because it had to be that something that somebody could sit down and look at for a short period of time and run it back and share it with somebody because i feel like it's easier to to watch something that's 60 seconds versus a music video that's three minutes and 40 right from an artist that you don't even care about, you know, from somebody <laughs> that you don't even know about or care about. And you just kept doing it. Speaking of your projects, I feel like one thing that you really can't be overlooked is like how much work you've put out in a relatively short amount of time. I mean, you had like anything was in what, 2018, Photo, your sophomore album was 2019, Lyrics to Go, Volume 1, 2020, Everything, your third album, 2020, Lyrics to Go, Volume 2, 2021, like that. That's a lot, man. So like, I mean, how do you even pull that off? Are you just like constantly writing? Like what, like that, that is a, a huge body of work. And there's honestly, I would say it's, you're not one of those artists in my opinion that has like filler really. Like there's no, like, I feel like every track is, is a track. It's not just something, it didn't seem like you just like throw, just throw it in there for, you know, for whatever sake. So like, 
what is like are you just constantly writing like what is that like what's behind i don't write all the time i actually recently started writing all the time you know what i mean like <laughs> like every day like every day i think every day now I, I i go to write you know i have like a i have a routine with my writing okay. like it's my job but i think but for the past few years i write specifically for a project you know mm. and then i would kind of like take a hiatus and go live I'm moving a little different now. I'm trying something new, you know? Okay. So I take music seriously. So when I when I sit down to write, like, I, I'll be going off for, like, four months straight, you know? <laughs> but I'm talking about all day, every day, obsessive. And I realized that it wasn't good for me. <laughs> so so I'm that's why I'm doing things different now, where I'm kind of, like, pacing myself. Okay. You know? And how's that working yeah. out for you? Because I feel, I mean, I, like, when I think about writing that I do outside of my job of just being a journalist, just mm -hmm. like, you know, writing like personal projects that I'm working on. I always feel yeah. like <laughs> I always tell myself like, Oh, I only, only want to work on this when I'm feeling like, like inspired. Like I don't want to force myself to. And I know so many people have said like, it, you have to treat it like it's a job. You have to sit down and do it every single day. And I feel like a part of me is almost like, <laughs> I don't know if it's lying to myself or just thinking of an excuse to be like, no, I only want to write when I feel inspired. <laughs> and so it's, uh, but then I don't really get that much done. So I feel like, how has it been for you? Like putting yourself on a schedule like that? Because I, I, I personally have a hard time doing that. So I'm not going to lie. It's been refreshing. Really? Because I find myself way less overwhelmed, you know? Like when I wake up in the morning, I get straight to writing, you know? Mm -hmm. At 2 o'clock, I'm usually done a song. Like I'm usually finished the whole song, hook, verses, and I record it by 2 o'clock, you oh know? I finished recording it by 2 o'clock. And I've made so much content. Me and Static Selector have a project coming out. I finished... I finished all 10 songs in like, like a week and a half, you know, like <laughs> before, before January started, before January started, I mean, before um, February even started, we were done the project and I had already started on my album, you know, like, so it's just, I'm telling you, it has become, it, it has become so much more simple than I thought it would be. Like, like, here's what I do at the, and I wake up, I work on, I work on music usually finish the song by two no pressure i took you take the pressure off yourself by two o'clock I'll, I'll go hang out with my son you know spend time with him you know for five hours chill with him boom and then at, i have my whole night to myself and i don't do any work you know what i mean right. i make sure that that at that time like at night i'm not doing any work it's just for me you know like it's just my time and in the morning I get to work. So it's like, I feel like, I feel like I used to feel like there was so much to do and I just wasn't doing anything. I wasn't getting enough done. Like, I felt like I wasn't giving enough energy to my son. I felt like I wasn't uh, giving enough energy to myself, you know? And I, it's like, I felt guilty for doing everything. You feel me? Okay. I feel personally attacked right now because that's exactly how I've been feeling. So what are some of those lessons to avoid burnout? Because it's what I'm going through right now. And I know so many other people are going through it as well. I'd say create a routine that works for you. You have to do something that works with, with how you work, you know, and never feel guilty for giving your energy to this one thing and not this one thing. It's like, I feel like to, to stay away from, from that feeling, you just have to give undivided attention to whatever it is. Yeah, you're doing at the time. Like, if you have a kid, give undivided attention to your child. If you're working, give undivided attention to your work. 
you know if you, and if you want time to yourself give that undivided attention meaning don't try to get sneak in some work while you're giving yourself you know self-care time you know and i feel like when you do that you never feel guilty you never feel like i should be doing this or i should be doing that because at the end of the day when i decided you know i'm giving myself this time i feel like i already did that you know i already did the work i already i, I spent time with my son i gave him the energy that he needed you know as as a dad right. you know he he had that today like he has it every day you know because that's the routine that i created and so nothing goes unfulfilled i've noticed even um with dealing with my son is like at the like when i leave he's he's fulfilled like he lets me he lets me go you know right rather than <laughs> i feel like he used to he used to cry and, and kick and scream whenever i had to do anything but now it don't he 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 feels like i gave him what he needed you know and it makes everything better we're going to take a quick break and when we're back coda the friend explains the life-changing revelation he had while watching pixar's soul this episode of creative control is brought to you by verizon the network you can rely on for your phone and for your home internet find the plan that's right for you at verizon.com would you say some of this was prompted by quarantine, you know, because I think like th like this is really kind of everyone being locked inside and things shutting down and opening back up only to shut down again has given a lot of people, you know, pause and given people, uh, you know, a different it's introduced different ways of working. And so, like, how have you sort of adjusted to that? Man, quarantine really just like a lot of other people, it revealed myself to me, you know, <laughs> It took me up until this point. I feel like 2021 has definitely been about correcting the things, you know, the things that I've realized about myself and like just incorrect ways that I was living, you know what I'm saying? And quarantine, I say 100%, 100%. And then um, the movie, that movie Soul came out. Did you see it? <laughs> yeah, I did. Yeah. You saw it? Oh yeah. That movie that movie changed my life. Really? You know what I mean? <laughs> seriously, <laughs> seriously. That movie changed it, I I watched it probably about 30 times. What? Wait, and I mean... it just you know it just came out like this year. I was so, about to say like that just yeah. came out. Wait, so I mean what yeah. about what about that spoke to you? Cuz I mean I, I obviously I mean it, 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 for a lot of people it was sort of like an awakening of like, you know, what what do you do in this life and all this type of stuff right. like while you're still here but like what like what what spoke to you what what spoke to you about it for you to make watch it 30 times it was just a really great movie like it was about the people being lost souls and kind of living a life that they don't necessarily want to live but a life that they're obsessed with you know what i'm saying like and just the, the idea of somebody breaking free from that, you know, and appreciating every moment instead of feeling, you know, like it's like people are just unhappy and, you know, they're doing things, they're actively doing things that make them unhappy. Why? Because they feel like they need to be doing X, Y, and Z. Um, they, they feel like, like, I feel like I need to be a famous musician. That's my calling. That's my, you know, that's what I'm supposed to do. But really, all you're supposed to do is live, you mm -hmm. know? Well, that's that. And so I think that's what I learned by it. It's just like, instead of waiting for the moment to be happy, 
you have to experience happiness all the time. Right. You have you you want to be healthy all the time. You want to be happy all the time. And that goes back to what I said about like routine. Like uh I re- you know some I, if you realize people will be like, "Oh yeah, I'm vegan today." <laughs> you know, <laughs> or they'll be vegan for 2 weeks or a month, you know? Right. But it's not necessarily a lifestyle, you know. It's not a. It's it's almost a trend in a way to this person, mm-hmm. where it, it fades away quick, you know. But I think it's something to be said about the person that is constantly throughout the month, throughout the year, throughout the years, thinking about their their eating habits and thinking of and and making sure that they're staying on a um, you know, workout regimen or something like that. And people that kind like it's always, it's a real part of their life, you know, to the point where, and I think it's, you look at, I look at happiness and in the same way, it's like, you want happiness to be a part, enjoy it to be a part of your life forever. You know, it's not just this thing that happens to you once you become, once you get a million dollars or whatever, like you, even, yo, the routine is everything, bro. That and but that's the thing. I mean, like, but how do you stay? How do you keep that front of mind? Because I think a lot of people want to, you know, people want to be happy. Mm-hmm. Of course they do. But I think it's so easy to get swallowed up in the everyday of things and to just yeah. feel like you're just under so much pressure and just so much, you know. I mean, I mean, look at the state of the world today. Like, it's hard, it's mm-hmm. hard to maintain any happiness with so much going yeah. on. So I guess for you, I. Like, are there any lessons or tips or advice in in kind of keeping that front of mind and like always, I don't know if it's just reminding yourself or what it whatever it is, like, how do you, how are you sort of making sure that you're staying focused on that? I think a big thing is you have to accept when you fall short, you know, accept when you fall short of what you were supposed to do, you know, like, if you miss a day, I feel like if you miss a day at the gym or you miss a day of eating healthy and you just ate like trash today, I feel like a big thing is getting back on tomorrow. You know, it's like not don't be so hard on yourself that you you further like, you know, punish yourself. You know, I think you have to like that's that's how I think that's how you create good habits that last for weeks and months and months and kind of like become a part of your life. It's like. You you have to like forgive yourself for the times where you fall short, and um, I would say just keep trying. I don't I don't I'm trying to really remember what it is that really put me on this path, other than the movie Soul. <laughs> like it it has I think it is it has changed my life just to kind of discipline myself to stick to something. You know, it really just takes a lot of the weight off your shoulders you know, to, to, to try to, I feel like if you have, if you have a, a fairly decent life and people that care about you and love you and, you know, if you have a job, you know, if, you, if you're getting money somehow and you're able to take care of yourself, I feel like that's the perfect time to really create, you know, that, that, that peace of mind in your, in your, in your brain and just, try to keep going with it and I feel like the more you get that in your head that it's not a race and it, it is a marathon and it's for the long haul the the better your like decision making your decision making will be the better your um your daily life will be and, the, and your habits will just become better because your thinking 
it's almost like you're thinking for your future self, you know, and you're working for that person. You want that person to be happy. And because you want that person to be happy, you stop kind of like giving to your immediate wants and your immediate desires that's going to make you happy in the moment. And you start thinking about what's really going to make me happy, you know? Oh, so it's, deep, it's a mix man. between it's a mix between shit could shit could really I could really die right now, you yeah. know? And understanding that. So it's like what should I really be doing if I could die tomorrow, you know? What should I really be doing? And it's and it's th- it's mixing that with but what if I don't die tomorrow? <laughs> 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 and I actually live for another 100 years, you know? Right. So I feel like when you mix those, you create a balance and you kind of like, you learn how to live Ooh. in a way that means something. You know? Getting deep, getting so deep. And, you know, no, I, I love it. No, like, this, this is a, these are the kind of conversations I live for. But, you know, for you, I mean, how much of that feeds into you staying at, staying an independent artist? Because I think that that's something that is one of the many admirable things about your career is that you've, you know, you've, you've, you've managed to do all this on your own terms and stay independent. So, I mean, I I guess like just to start, I mean, like what, what was sort of, what was your thinking behind that decision? Because I feel like it's not, it's one thing to sort of like hustle and claw your way up and, you know, kind of pay your dues. And then, you know, when, when major labels come calling, which they have for you and you making the decision not to, not to sign. I mean, like what, what what is your thinking behind that yeah i think in the in the past i've said you know i don't want no label taking you know what whatever percentage of my music or whatever i think when i think about it now man i'm just not equipped to be on a regular label you know i don't think i have the emotional or mental capacity to deal with people that have control over my music you know mm. i don't have it in me you know it, it doesn't matter how much money they could bring me or whatever I don't know how I would feel if I had to go to people and tell them that I want to release this. And, you know, I don't think I could be, I don't think that I could take being told no, you know, Mm. like uh, I couldn't, man. Like um, music is very spiritual and it's very close to my heart. Like in the music I make, it means a lot to me. I couldn't have put put out lyrics to Go Volume 2 at the top of January. The chances are I would not have been able to if I was on a label, you know? And I couldn't so easily be doing this project with Static Selected that we're gonna drop soon, you know? And then I I probably wouldn't be working on my next album right now, you know? Or for twenty or for twenty twenty one. Meanwhile, you know, so it's just like in the past I've said things about, you know, like, you know, percentages and all of that. But when I really, when it really comes down to it, I just enjoy being free. It allows me to go on journeys like this and have conversations with you like this, where like I can say whatever I want. I'm literally free to be myself. There's nobody watching me and watching what I say, you know? And it, it means something to me because this, this personal journey, this emotional and mental journey is like, it's really who I am. It's not something that I'm just like trying to be. It's like, it's real. Right. You feel me? And not to give too much away of your of of your secret sauce, but I mean, I was gonna ask, what is the blueprint for staying independent? To have the success that the success that you've had, completely all your own. Like, what I know, building a great team is just 
absolutely important. But in addition to that, I mean, like, what else is there in terms of really doing what you've done without the backing of, you know, any major label? Like how, what is that blueprint? What does that look like? Yeah, I don't, I don't think that is, there's really a, a secret sauce, you know, and I'm always open to tell people like how I got here. And for me, the source is just like, you have to have good content, you know, you have to have something that people want to listen to, first of all, for anything, you have to be saying something that people connect with, you know, and once you have that, I feel like creating content that people want to is digestible for people, you know, and then you have to create a lot of it especially if you're an independent artist, you have to create a lot of it. It has to be something you do all the time. The The consistency has to be kind of like immaculate. Like you have to have like this, you have to be very consistent. And then you have to find ways to amplify your voice, to amplify that content. I would say build a team around you that can do that. You know, if you're going to split, if you're going to break bread with anybody, break bread with the people that can take your content and bring it to a whole bunch of to, to audiences that want to hear it. You know, if you have that, you can make it, you know, if you have all those things, then you can make it. But a lot of people don't right. have that, you know, it's, it's a, that's a lot to have. And you have to build that up over. I've built it up over the course of years. And because a record label is pretty much, if they feel like you are, you know, if, if you're worth it, then they're going to take your content and blow mm -hmm. it up. You know, that's what a record label does. So if you can find and or build a team that can do that, then you are regular. Right. You know? Or, you know, another way to blow it up, just get like Lupita, Miango and like Lakeith Stanfield to do some interludes on your album. You know, that. <laughs> that's all the team. But that's that's all part of the right. team. You feel me? And that's that's after years and years of grinding. And then, you know, you never know who's listening to you. And, you know, that's just reaching out. You know right. It's <laughs> just, just yeah, yeah, it's insane. And the fact that the fact that the Lupita's interlude wound up on uh, Biden Harris's playlist is insane. Yeah, insane. So, I mean, like, where do you go yeah. with that kind of momentum? Because I feel like, you know, not to overlook all the other, you know, all the features on your on your last mm -hmm. <laughs> studio album, everything, but like. I mean, this is your, your, your profile keeps raising, like rising and rising and rising and rising. And so, you know, I guess like, man, you mentioned that you really want to like bring it to like the bring, bring what you've been doing to like a bigger stage, but do you ever worry there's going to be too many eyeballs on you? Cause I feel like some people feel that pressure of like, once they've really, once they really blow up and go quote unquote mainstream, that they, they lose that sense of creativity. They feel like they're not catering to that, like specific, that 500 audience members those 500 followers that you had you just feel like it's just i don't know some people feel like they have to appeal to everybody as opposed to just doing what they've always done um i think it's easy to get caught in what what should i be doing you mm -hmm. know what i mean like should i do something and i think that's that anxiety comes from that same like kind of you know it comes from that same thing that i learned from soul you know it's just like it's not about what i should be doing it's about what do you do? Like what you, it's about what you do already. You already do it. You don't have to search for what you should be doing. And so I felt that I felt that pressure of like, Oh, but I need to make something like this, like, or like, or like that. But when you really just let that go, bro, just let it go. And I learned it. I, I actually from making the static project and how easy it was to like write those verses 
And when you hear it, when you hear like the project, you're not gonna think that I did the project in like a week and a half. You know, you're not gonna because it's so perfect, bro. <laughs> <All right. laughs> like it's like listen, the the writing, the bars, the, it's just everything, you know, makes sense and it's in, in, intentional, mm-hmm. you know? And it's kind of like it's one of it's some of my best writing on that project. And I feel like it it came out like that because I wasn't trying to be anything, mm, you know? Right. I was just I was just going with who I was. And it was hard for me before that, it was hard for me to make a record. I would be sitting at the I would be sitting there for mad long trying to figure out what I should be creating. And um so I learned from that process what I need to be doing. And ever since then, the writing process has become so simple. And it brings me back to when I was making photo. It was making photo was a fairly easy process because there was no pressure. I feel like people people let that pressure, you know, dictate their future and mm-hmm. dictate their music. But you really can't let that. You have to kind of find a way to shake the pressure off and be like, yo, I'm gonna just make whatever. I'm gonna make the music that got me here, you know, or elevate it in some way, you know. But I'm not gonna try to be something else for what. Right. You know? So, so the, all that being said, and thinking about you know all that we've talked mm-hmm. about so far, I mean, how have you come to define creativity at this point in your career? How are you defining creativity? Creativity is just like it's just what's in your what's in your head and bringing it to real life, you know. You know, when you create something, you want to create something that didn't exist before. You don't want to create some. You don't want to create something that resembles another thing. You know, mm-hmm. you want to bring it straight from your mind, straight, straight to the paper, or straight to the, you know, to 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 MP3. Yeah. You know? <laughs> nice, nice man. Well, that's all I had for you. This was this was. This was a good one. <laughs> I feel like we, you know, you took it deep and then you brought it back high again. And I always appreciate that. Now you make me want to rewatch Soul. Like I watched it once, and now I feel like I need to watch it again because I clearly didn't have the same feelings that you had toward that movie. So maybe yeah. I'm in, I'm gonna watch it again in the context of this conversation and see what shakes loose yeah. because like you were you you were touched by that movie. <laughs> I was, bro. I'm not gonna lie. I was really touched, man. It is, it is, but you got to understand, I've been going through it, you know, <laughs> like I've been going through it. So like when I, watching that movie kind of just, it was what I needed in that moment to make a change, you know, to figure out how, how it is I needed to, it honestly, it taught me how that I needed to make a change. And then after that, I started digging deeper on my own and started actually making those changes. Nice. You feel me? So yeah, it's, it's. Yo, it's always a journey and life is a journey. And I think that's the beauty of it is that we keep learning and try to better ourselves. And even when I look at this music thing, I'm like, yo, it's just a great way to express and to help people, you know, through art. And because it shows that we're all so connected. You mm-hmm. feel me? It's just. I get you, man. All right. All right. So I'm about to go watch Soul again, apparently. And (laughs) you have a good one, man. Thanks. Thanks for your time. I really appreciate it. This was a fantastic conversation. So thank you, man. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Creative Conversation. Make sure you subscribe so you don't miss our next episode in two weeks featuring the acclaimed directors, the Russo brothers. We dive into their latest project, Cherry, and how they're using their massive platform to elevate global stories.